Exit Wounds, starring DMX and human garbage pail Steven Seagal, is number one at the box office. But don't worry, the following week, Heartbreakers, starring Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt comes out. The mother-daughter con artist team? Probably my third favorite Sigourney Weaver movie. Don't worry, they're gonna t- they're gonna overtake Exit Wounds. <laughs> Stutter by Joe is at its fourth consecutive week at number one on the on the Billboard charts. And John Phillips, singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the Mamas and the Papas, father to Mackenzie Phillips, check out our so weird episode, dies at sixty five. Today we are going back to March eighteenth, two thousand and one. <laughs> Hey y'all, welcome to the Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past. From our favorites in TV and film, to Elephant the Elephant, the butterfly catching game for kids. And this episode, we're talking MTV's fear again, but this time (laughs) we're exploring Eastern State Penitentiary, uh, a different haunted prison on the show. Got anything to say about that? (laughs) Um... I do, but I'm going to wait until we get into the episode breakout. Again, this is our second episode that we've done on MTV Sphere. If you would like information about how the show was produced, pretty much anything to do with the show, the very first episode of the Fear that we do, I believe it's episode seven. I believe so. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of really good information on how the show was actually made and produced. If you want to hear that, listen to that episode. However, exactly. since we talked about that at nauseum last time... um. We're going to talk a little bit more about the history of the specific haunted place that we're going to in this specific episode of Fear, which I think is first episode, or excuse me, first season, episode six. I think you're exactly right. I I think you're exactly right. Really? Yeah, I think you nailed it. It might be episode seven, but I think it is episode six. It's called Eastern State Penitentiary, if you're looking for it. So let's start off with our little history lesson. I hope you all brought pencils are ready <laughs> for the test because there will be one afterwards. I think it's really Trisha, smart. I know you were a history major. I was, go and ahead, I love ahead, this shit. Um, I do want to say, like, I am excited. I do encourage you if you're if you're interested in like the behind the scenes, how fear came to be, go check out our previous episode. But for this episode, I'm so excited because we really get to go really deep into Eastern State Penitentiary, which is a remarkably fucked up place. I think we watched different things. I asked mm-hmm. you to send me a video that you watched that you never sent, but I you know what? I'm not going to exactly judge you for that. I, I told you exactly what I was watching. Portal to Hell. You said okay. you already watched it. I did, but I didn't watch that episode. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> got caught up some other stuff with Portal to Hell, as well as pretty much anything else on Discovery Plus that involves the occult. And Here's like the that Jack Osborne show? What the fuck? Portal to Hell. Listeners, hot tip. If you're listening to this podcast, you like stupid, spooky shit. I don't work for Discovery <laughs> Plus. This is not a, dis- a commercial for Discovery Plus, but they have a whole tab of like paranormal. It's a whole tab. It's got like tons and tons of content. It's remarkable. So there's like Portal to Hell, Ghost Hunters, Hunter Ghosts. Like there's a million of these shows <laughs> and they're amazing. <laughs> but truly and honestly, oh my God. I spend way too much time on that particular tab. It's it's what dreams anyway, are Anyway, before we actually get into the history of Eastern State Penitentiary, I want to talk a little bit about prisons before then and prisons of the time. So in the 1700s, most prisons were simply just large holding pens where people were sentenced. And when I say people, I mean women, men, children, 
Sometimes animals, not even a joke. I was just going to say, I think they sent a horse to prison. Like, I think a horse was charged with a crime. A pig. The English, man. They'll arrest anything. I think it was actually the French for the pig. I read somewhere while I was researching this. No, 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 you're fine, dude. But honestly, the English probably do as well. (laughs) But the pig allegedly murdered somebody, and they put the pig on trial and gave him human clothes to wear throughout the trial. For the murder, and was eventually like executed for the murder. Could you imagine this pig though? That's just like wearing like I don't know what did they wear like seventeen hundred yes. uh, French times. Like, Wait, was it like court? Did he have to put on a little powdered wig? I think so. That probably is like a- historically accurate. If you are an artist, please send us a drawing of a pig in a like barrister wig in court. <laughs> So you could have been accused of anything from petty theft to murder, but you were still all in the same room together. Like, that was just kind of how it was. There were guards and overseers. They abused people. They would flog them. They whipped them. There was also the time of, like, huge fines and, of course, executions that happened at this time. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. We all know how they executed people. Guillotine (laughs) a lot of times. Other things. If you've seen Braveheart, I feel like that's also kind of how they did it. Uh-huh, it is how they did it. Uh, you could be firing squad later. You could be flayed, like which meant you were skinned. You could be crucified. Old-timey people love killing each other. I mean, still today. Bro. Humans love killing yeah, each true. other. Yeah, true. But after the American Revolution, this is when cause for concern from many American leaders at the time for kind of a rebirth, if you will, of how we would handle criminals or people that are accused of crimes. In 1787, a group of well-known and very powerful Philadelphians, all white men, just throwing it out there, Uh, met at the home of Benjamin Franklin. Exactly, yeah, I was going to say, Big Ben Franklin was up there. He was very interested in this idea of reform. As he should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, They all gathered to kind of discuss the current system of affairs amongst the criminal justice system. Another person who really expressed interest in prison reform was Dr. Benjamin Rush. He and other members of different societies, such as the newly formed Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons. That was a lot to say. Um, They wanted to stop things such as like overcrowding in um, prisons and corrupt prison systems with a system of private, solitary confinement. So they didn't want people all in this gigantic room around each other because all kinds of shit probably goes down. For sure. They want to take prisoners and have them all confined to their own cells by themselves. Patricia, if you are a criminal, which would you prefer? Um, I always want to be by myself. I feel like in... So it's 1800. Me, I'm a spinster at the age of 22. Can't find a husband. I'm in my parents' house, (laughs) which is full of my other stupid fucking ugly siblings and their goddamn rotten kids. And you come to me like, oh, Patricia, how about this quiet cell where you get to be by yourself all the time? I would steal a horse just to get some peace and quiet. (laughs) You may regret that. (laughs) I will 100% regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So Benjamin Rush proposed a radical idea. He wanted a prison that was designed to inspire genuine regret in the criminal offenders. He wanted penitence, which, Patricia, look up that word for me. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we talked about how originally the idea behind this penitentiary was to not punish people arbitrarily, ruthlessly, or anything like that. Right. Old hard-boiled Smith had many methods of torture that he used on prisoners for various reasons, one of which was called the water bath. This is where he took inmates, and they were dunked in a bath of ice-cold water over and over, and then hung from a wall for the night. This was usually during the winter, obviously. And I can only imagine how that would feel. I got I hate shivers. Cold anyway. Me too. I just got shivers. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's winter. Imagine being in Chicago, Patricia, and being sopping wet and being left outside. The worst. Just the worst. There's also the mad chair. This is where inmates were strapped tightly to a chair. Strapped tightly to a chair restricting any and all body movements for days on end and periods of induced starvation. God. Like, you can't move at all. Like, you are completely confined. What is the sense of that? Like, what is that action supposed to produce? Complete and total, like, control. Like Just kill them, I guess. Just kill them. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you are even pretending to be under the guise of reform, et cetera, et cetera. If you're even going to pretend to be that, when you torture a person, that's just, it's sadistic and cruel. It's disgusting to me. There's no benefit to anyone except your own mean feelings. I hate that. Yeah. Heart, old Hartboyle Smith was kind of a D-bag. Yeah. There were some famous inmates who were also locked up during the time of old hard-boiled Smith. Most famously, Chicago gangster Al Capone was there from 1929 to 1930. He was serving eight months for carrying a concealed and deadly weapon. He had the nicest cell, admittedly, (laughs) at Eastern State. It had uh, a lamp, desk, paintings, and a cabinet radio. There's actually pictures of his cell. I think it's still up online. So you can see that, which is absolutely... Interesting. It's kind of like a. I saw a lot of people talking about how it looks like an apartment they would rent in New York City <laughs> for and... twenty six hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Truly, honestly, um, had a fun, little sliver of light. Fun fact about Al Capone in prison uh, at Eastern State, specifically. Al Capone would later deal with very bad dementia, and the rumor is that these dementia symptoms started presenting when he was at Eastern State but he wasn't getting any like medical care or anything so like by the time he got out he he maybe also had a touch of syphilis um he was already in a very bad mental state when he came out in 1930 so it's not that the prison exacerbated that but it's an interesting Capone fact because he would be he would be a working gangster for a, a long time after that still yeah, and Capone said of his time while he was there, and you probably explained a lot of it, that he was actually, they were getting into the spooky stuff now. He was <laughs> haunted by a ghost, the ghost of James Clark, one of his victims of the St. Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago. He said that Clark would come visit him in his cell, 
And quite honestly, like being in solitary confinement, the dementia, the syphilis, kind of all point to the reason why he probably thought that there's somebody that <laughs> yeah. was there. Yeah, it was a rough time for a while. Or he while. really was haunted. Exactly. I, he may have been really haunted by it. Maybe it was both things. Can you imagine if like during the day you can feel your mind is already getting away from you and then at night a little ghost boy shows up? Like, that's difficult to deal with. There weren't any executions, actually, that took place at the prison uh, at Eastern State. But it did have its fair share of murders. At least two guards were murdered over the years as they were, as were many inmates. Hundreds died from disease or old age. It's to be understood that this prison may or may not have been haunted. But the most interesting fact about that is just the fact that there was no reported hauntings until the 1940s right right so i think like after warden smith there kind of did all his evil shenanigans it's kind of when a lot of that stuff kind of manifested with that energy in my For opinion sure plus i think those two times overlap there was a doctor who was working at the hospital at the time for at the prison at the time prisons always attract kind of scary people and this doctor conducted all sorts of human experiments on these prisoners, on these inmates. And so people would joke all the time, you know, you're going to the hospital, you're not coming out. So I wonder how many people died. So there was no executions. Okay, wink, wink, wink. But you got the doctor who's sewing off limbs and reattaching them in different places for fun. Like... Truly and honestly. Which, again, like, just contributes to that energy and negative... Sure darkness, I guess, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, that the prison kind of had surrounding it. There's shadow figures that dart across the walls in cell block six. Visitors to cell block four have had visions of ghostly faces. There's a silhouette of a guard that appears in one of the towers. And of course, footsteps, wails, whispers, and my least favorite, giggling. These are all been documented in the prison giggling is unacceptable there should be no example of giggling inside eastern state penitentiary no one should have ever giggled there why are there giggles (laughs) exactly right like that's the creepiest fucking thing i don't want to hear giggles from anybody any reason especially in a haunted prison like that just seems like something sinisters up like there's no Martin's not playing in the background. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, you should not be giggling. Right. Or, like, there's no no family once lived here with four kids. Like, there are no children here. No one... Or if there are children here, they sh- sure as shit were not fucking giggling. Like, there was no giggling going on here. Why am I hearing <laughs> giggling? Not okay. Giggling in any sense of... Any kind of environment freaks me out. Yeah, Unless I don't it's a children's it. birthday party, I don't want to hear children giggling. Agreed. Or any giggles. Agreed. Picture it. You're laying down for a night. You're going to bed. All of a sudden, you hear giggling outside your window. Terrifying, right? Like, why is there it. giggling out my window? I hate it. What? You're on the bathroom toilet. <laughs> <laughs> There's giggling outside the bathroom door. You don't got kids. You live alone. That's terrifying. So last week when we were like in the thick of our exorcist episode, I was sleeping. I'm a pretty hard sleeper, if people who don't know. Uh, But I woke up because my dog, my little tiny terrier, Bernadette, she started to growl. And that woke me up out of a dead sleep. And I sat up and my dog was like looking out my bedroom window. 
but this like the shades are down she can't see anything so I wake up and I take a deep breath I'm like you're okay everything's okay and then I hear the most like violent cat fight literal fight of cats (laughs) outside my window and I was like oh shit thanks for waking me up Bernie this is exciting (laughs) but I hope all those cats are okay it was like a rumble it was a serious showdown how many cats was it there were at least two cats but there could have been more I didn't look because I was scared (laughs) no but I could tell by the meows there were two different cats at least (laughs) (laughs) on that note Let's watch some TV after this commercial break. This episode starts with a warning. In our first episode, we thought we found the scariest prison in the country. We were wrong. Sharif, 22, a student from L.A., locks in a tie-dye shirt. His color is blue. Arena is a 22-year-old model from Eastern Europe. Her color is purple. Jolyn is also 22. She is from Denver, and her color is green. We meet Ricky. He's 19 from New Jersey. His color is yellow. Lorna is 20 from New York City. Her color is white. Mark, 19, from Florida. His color is red, which matches his future MAGA hat. (laughs) Mark got on my nerves but we i I hate mark um before we get away from this and just before we get too deep into it i want to be really superficial for a moment does irena remind you of genesis from real world boston (laughs) yes actually i see it the whole time i was like genesis my girl (laughs) (laughs) you do love genesis from real world boston (laughs) i love real world boston it's my favorite uh but anyway shout out to irena she kills it montana a mess, Cyrus. Get my kid drunk. I'm sorry. You did love that man. Okay. I still do. What's up, Cyrus? The contestants speak to their cameras. Jolyn tells us she doesn't deal well with dark places, while Mark and Ricky speak to the camera, like those guys from Girls Gone Wild infomercials. <laughs> Mark tells us he is ready to get his supernatural groove on. See, audience, don't you already hate Mark? <laughs> like, oh, you're the worst. Mark, I really hope you had some growth and development after this, but I don't think you did. No, I'm sure you didn't. We have a black screen. The people are real. The place is real. The fear is real. The participants are brought to the prison by a police van and led wearing hoods into their safe room. Sound familiar? (laughs) They are all shackled together while they quickly introduce themselves to each other. Quick reminder of how the show works. The participants film themselves. There's no film crew. They're totally alone. They will be prompted by a computer to perform dares. If they complete all the dares, they each win $5,000. I'm sorry, that's not enough money for me to go investigate murder stuff. Especially not, like, I didn't look at the rest of the season, which was ignorant. But, like, Eastern State Penitentiary, you guys, is, like, the worst. (laughs) Like... That is a very, on the list of most haunted places, like, I think the episode after this, they go look at, like, a, they explore a boat. A boat (laughs) is not as fucking scary as Eastern State Penitentiary. Like, I feel like they should have gotten, like, an extra two grand at least. This place is very scary. Agreed. Also, we should also mention that if you, if 
you are assigned a dare and you cannot complete it, you you have to leave immediately. You get no money. You got to go right away. Just another detail. It's important because people gonna leave. Like I me, would be one of those people. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even agree to do it. I would never even get past producer. Yeah, I would show up and be like, "This probably isn't really for me." Yeah, I'd be like, "Sharif, you're so handsome. Um, here is my <laughs> number for later, but I gotta go. <laughs> Good luck to you. I hope you're I had a here. nightmare about this place before I came, and honestly, <laughs> that's too much. It's a sign, so I'm just gonna busy bounce. We should also talk about how, like, in the last episode. They had them watch scary movies before they did the shit, yeah, and that was did. all they had access to. Movies like The Exorcist and things like that before they, to get their heads fucked up into this because they were so manipulating mean. their audience. So mean. We move into the video welcoming the participants to Easter. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my bad. To Eastern State. No, to Eastern State Penitentiary. Psychics discuss the terrible way they feel inside the prison. Former guards and historians discuss the history of the prison. Solitary confinement, torture, and violence is the legacy of Eastern State Pen. The video tells us the rules. The group has two nights to determine if the prison is haunted. Dare one is for purple. Purple must go immediately to cell block one. White will be the safety. And blue will navigate. So we have Arena, Lorna, and Sharif. Arena seems hype. But Lorna isn't even sure if she can hold the camera up. <laughs> Sharif navigates them to the isolation chamber where they find a chair under a tarp. It's the tranquility chair. Interesting. The tranquility chair, I think, is probably where they lock you in, that motherfucker, into your tranquil. Exactly. Yeah, I, You mentioned this chair earlier and called it something differently that I can't remember. But the tranquility chair is definitely a fuzzier, flowery, more like a nicer way to say that for sure. Tranquility chair makes it think it's something that it's not. So when there's like euphemisms or like flowery names for things that are actually terrifying... I don't like that. Me either. And I feel like it's the rule. Like, the cutesier the name, the more terrible the thing is. Like the Chokey and Matilda? <laughs> oh, that's a perfect example. I mean, Chokey is kind of, like, there, but, I mean, it's not as bad as Tranquility Chair. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be tranquil. <laughs> yeah, because you're probably going to be dead afterwards. Anyways. As a way to calm violent inmates, they would be tied tightly to the chair quickly causing the inmates to lose circulation in their hands and feet. The dare is that Arena needs to sit in that chair until they tell her to get up. Lorna dips back to the safe room, as she should, because I would get the fuck out of there. Can we just talk about the escalation here from the first episode we watched where you're like, okay, you have to be in here for 15 minutes. And remember how long and upsetting I was like, oh my gosh, that's way too long. The dare has just told Arena that she needs to sit in that chair until we get her. That's <laughs> fucked up. Like, you're not even going to tell yeah, me dude. how long? I'm strapped and I already can't feel my fingers. I'm all alone. And I just am supposed to chill here until you holler back at me? No. And if I remember correctly, not to kind of like take away the mysticism of Eastern State Penitentiary, that that prison is like in the middle of Philadelphia. In the middle of Philadelphia. Like, there is a bus stop outside this prison. <laughs> Which, okay, 
say there isn't ghost or anything in there and you're just strapped to a chair by yourself. Who's to say that somebody can't just wander into this motherfucker and find you strapped there while you guys are filming this TV show by yourselves and do terrible, horrible things to you? Exactly. Exactly. Totally agree. Dare to. Red has to go to cell block 12. Yellow is safety while blue keeps on navigating. This time, we have Mark, Ricky, and Sharif. Mark and Ricky make it to the rotunda, then go up the stairs finding a cell. Meanwhile, we get a clip of Irina, who looks like she's trying to get comfortable but can't. She's already been buckled in for 45 minutes. 45 minutes. No. Absolutely not. And it's not even over. Here's the thing. Even if she wanted to quit, how? How do you, like, call somebody? Yeah, good question. How do you, like, you have to wait for them to get to you? Yeah, that's true. I don't like that. No, I hate it. I would lose my shit. Me too. I would lose my shit. Because you're sitting in the dark by yourself. All by yourself, totally outside of the conversation. Like, you don't know what anybody else is doing. You don't know what, like... You're just alone in the dark, strapped in, slowly losing the feeling in your fingers, hands, feet, and toes. No. So, I I would probably just fall asleep. That's kind of happens with me. Like, I usually fall asleep whenever I'm kind of inconvenienced or in an uncomfortable position. I think it's like an evolutionary thing that I've developed. That's pretty good. uh, Get on my level. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. However... Waking up would be terrifying, too, because you'd be like, how long has it been? Where the fuck am I? You know what I mean? Who's been around me while I've been asleep? Yeah. Back with the dudes, we learn about the iron gag. Since inmates were not allowed to talk to each other, punishment was a device called an iron gag, which is essentially a horse bridle. A piece of steel was inserted into the mouth, and then the device was attached to cuffs that the inmates wore. The more the inmate pulled, the tighter the gag got. The dare is for Ricky to strap Mark into the iron gag. And frankly, after knowing Mark for under five minutes, I also want to gag him. (laughs) Ricky straps Mark in and leaves him in the cell. This couldn't happen to a better person. Okay. I totally agree. I want Mark to be gagged at all times. However, this iron gag thing is capital F fucked up. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. The, like, the notion, none of this makes any sense to me, but especially this notion where, like, the prisoners can't speak to each other, that doesn't, I don't understand that. Like, why not let them interact? I don't know. I understand why you can't, because they get violent, which does happen later in Eastern State Penitentiary's, like, uh, run, but, like, inmate on inmate on inmate violence gets very bad. But I just don't think the solution is a horse bridle on humans. I'm no prison expert, um, but I do know that that shit's fucked up. Like, I mean, quite honestly. Shocking. And like the idea, so I didn't, in case we didn't explain this very well, the inmate has their arms behind their back that's like been twisted and they attach to those cuffs. So the harder you pull, like anytime you would try to adjust, you would make the iron gag tighter and that gives me legitimate nightmares as for me this is the worst uh punishment we've discussed for like for the inmates like this sounds awful this is worse than the chair the tranquility chair this is even worse than the hanging on the wall when you're soaking wet for me 
maybe it's because I can't shut the fuck up. And so the idea of something stopping me from talking <laughs> is especially shocking. But I just hate this. This gives me terrible feelings. Back with Arena, it's been 90 minutes. Mark is let out and he goes and finally releases Arena, who has numb fingers, but otherwise she is totally cool. Before she gets up, she asks Mark how her hair looks. <laughs> Arena is a legend. Arena is completely unbothered. <laughs> like, I feel like Arena's childhood <laughs> in, in quote unquote Eastern Europe, which is all the only details we ever get from Arena, have prepared her to kick this prison's ass. Like, she's not scared. She's not bothered. She's like, oh, has it been an hour and a half? I didn't even notice. Dare 3 tells Blue and Green to go to the rotunda, Purple to navigate. So Sharif and Jolin and Arena. The moment it's her turn, Jolin says, I'm going home, like she knows she is not up for this, and the pair immediately speculate that they are going to go get the hardest dare. <laughs> Arena tries to navigate them through the rotunda, but Jolin's flashlight goes out. A running theme. Then we get all those people talking about how like the power surges happen right there, how the same thing happened to our psychics. Yep. We get a clip from the info video of several people having electronics or flashlights malfunctioning in a prison. Back at the headquarters to replace the light, JoLynn tells the group that while she was in the rotunda, she felt like she was getting pushed around. Something other investigators have also experienced. I don't like that. I hate that. Like, I hate it. And remember, we talked about this in our last um, episode that the women in that prison experienced a lot more than the men did in that prison. However, I know that this prison did have women as inmates at a certain point. Yep. But still, to be able to, like, feel like a presence pushing you around, that ain't, that ain't cute. I don't like that. I don't me, like that. Me either. And one of those uh, Discovery Plus shows that we mentioned earlier, they had a, a medium come in and kind of like do a walkthrough. And she talked about that pressure all through the prison. Like she just feels like intense pressure on her physical body. And I hate oh, that gives me the shivers. Yeah, that's fucking spooky. Yuck. Back in the rotunda, Arena navigates Sharif and Jolin into cell block 12. The pair go up the stairs and into the cell that is apparently the most haunted space in the prison. The dare is for Green, aka Jolin, to spend the day in that cell. She flat out refuses and says she will go home. Same. I'm not staying an entire day somewhere. First of all, I would never make it onto this show for 800,000 reasons. But... If I did, under some miracle, make it on. And they're like, okay, Patricia, no problem. You need to spend the day in the most haunted cell in the prison. I'm right behind Jolin. I'm like, oh, no problem. I'll just get my shit. Do so. <laughs> Have a great time. Uh, good luck, everybody. Be safe. I'll pray for y'all. <laughs> not for $5,000. Definitely. Not for $50,000. Well, maybe for $50,000. But, like, definitely for not 50. for five grand. The dare is then transferred to Sharif who lets himself be locked into the cell. Jolyn tries to get back, but she gets lost, as the radio keeps going in and out. Eventually, Jolyn makes her way back to the headquarters before piecing out. As she leaves, she says she hasn't ever felt anything like that in her life. That would be scary, to get lost and have all this shit keep like malfunctioning. Especially, especially after you've already given up. Especially after you've already been like, I'm out, no problem, I'm out. 
like the idea of then getting lost no send a producer or someone to fucking f i've already given up why are you still like what's happening no yeah i think i would have got lost too though i would have sure been lost as fuck i do think also something that makes fear so unique in my brain is that the dare is transferred it's not like it's over it's not like jolyn says no okay scratch that dare off the list go to the next dare nope poor sharif has to now spend the day in that cell and i hate that we hear more stories about cell block 12 inmates hearing music or whispers in their cells the, i don't like the, the whispering music it's like there's absolutely no music in this building why in my cell can i hear music but then after i was thinking about this this prison is in the middle of fucking uh philadelphia so like maybe the music they're hearing is just a car passing by like not to devalue their feeling but like music i'm i'm less upset by now it's the whispers you're right yeah whispers Oof. night two sharif has survived his 17 hours in a cell block 12 despite the other group members speculating if sharif will leave or not therefore mark has to go to the cell block 12 and let sharif out while Ricky navigates. Sharif seems relieved to leave, but he also seems okay. The radio acts up again. Mark is in Sharif's face all the way back. Sharif says that he was a skeptic, but he's now a believer. He says he was just waiting to be let out. It's I would that, not like that. I hate that. Like, that's almost the worst part of the dare for me, is they're like, okay, Sharif, you need to spend a day in the cell, but that is not defined. Imagine like waking up because remember their schedules are shifted because they're up at night. So he has to spend the day, which means he's sleeping, right? So let's say he goes to sleep at 9 a.m. and he wakes up at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to midnight, that whole time he is just waiting for someone to come get him. And I hate that. I bet that felt like so long. Oh, dude, I wouldn't even be able to sleep, perfectly honest with you. I mean, maybe because I am a pretty good sleeper. And like you said earlier, like if there's something I don't want to face, I'm like, I'll just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my whole terrible. college experience <laughs> dare five white needs to go to cell block one and contact spirits using the auto writing technique lorna makes her way to an empty cell ricky gives her directions on how to auto write this cell belonged to a very violent inmate but lorna is mostly concerned about the giant rats these rats are white I feel like they're plants because they I don't think there's just like percent plants and they're only in this cell. Like you don't yeah. see a plant. You don't see a rat in any other part of the. These are planted rats meant to manipulate the situation. And while I appreciate that at the same time, I think it's kind of cheesy. Yeah, bro. I'm sure there's rats somewhere in that prison. It's old, <laughs> dirty and dilapidated. There's no way there's not rats there. I'm like, but these are showbiz rats. These are these rats have been styled. Nice try, MTV. Turns out she has no pin and heads back to headquarters where something almost falls on her. She's freaking out and doesn't want to go back. The group hypes her up and she makes her way back to the cell. She comes back again. Lorna tells us that she heard a voice right next to her. Lorna tells the camera that she felt like her life was in danger, so she leaves the show. Good call, Lorena. You don't like it, get the hell out of there. Yeah, truly and honestly, like, don't. If, if I feel like I'm in danger, I'm out, this bitch. It's not worth five grand. Um, again, not to reference all these shows on Discovery, but on another special I watched about this prison, things falling on the crew also happened on that show 
and the whispers like a cameraman flipped out because he said that he could hear whispering like in his ear no get out of my ear bro like don't whisper in my ear that i hate that because it implies that they're very very close like if you're whispering in my ear that means you are directly next to me and i hate that i would use that technique of uh white light surrounding all around me mm-hmm. like you can't get me baby 100 percent. that's a good mindset to keep ricky has to complete the dare he has to close the cell door then sits to auto write which is done with a pen in your non-dominant hand. He will ask the questions and see what the hand writes. Nope, I don't want anything taken over my body. I, thank you so much. And I don't mean to sound like a, you know, a ridiculous person here, but I'm going to. Auto writing is the worst possible thing I can imagine to do in a prison. Because yeah. exactly, Because exactly like you said, like you're giving complete autonomy of your person to something else. And in a prison, the implication is that that something else is an incredibly violent, angry spirit, for lack of a better word. And I am absolutely not giving them access to my body. Absolutely not. MTV, you're fucked up for this. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky also has issues with the rats. Ricky invokes the spirit to make its presence known, to use his body to communicate. He asks, are you alone? The auto writing says no. Are you angry we are here? The auto writing answers, I need help. What is it like to be dead? Now Ricky has to turn off all his lights and sit in the cell. No. Nope, nope, nope. You've, I have invoked a spirit and now you want me to be completely alone with it? Turning off my light and my radio? Go fuck yourself. I'm saying, what if my shit don't come back on? How am I getting out of here? MTV's bold as fuck. (laughs) Dare six is for Sharif to take an envelope and head to the rotunda while Red navigates. Once there, Sharif has to turn off his radio before opening the envelope. The only reason to turn the radio back on is to quit. The envelope tells Sharif to head to death row where he has to reenact the murder of an inmate. This is so sacrilegious. This is fucked up. We learned that the prison allowed inmates to settle their issues on their own, and as such, inmate-on-inmate violence was commonplace. Meanwhile, Ricky needs to chill in his cell until alerted. Ricky gets told that he is done and can come back, but when Ricky closed the door of his cell, he did so too well. Ricky is claustrophobic and starts to panic. Mark tells Ricky to call out to Sharif, who is close by, but an empty prison echoes. Ricky is upset, calling out for Sharif and trying to kick in the door. Eventually, the computer lets Arena go get Ricky, who is in no hurry and takes way, way too long to get to Ricky. The group is reunited and are told they have to head to the isolation chamber where Sharif must open a body bag. When he does, they are told that they have faced their fears and the challenge is over. The group talks to the camera, shocked and proud that they made it through. I feel like some people had way more stuff to do than others. Yes, I agree. I agree. I feel like, kind of, not to hate on the show, but I feel like these challenges weren't too good. Like, the dares, while they were lengthy, were not the most creative dares. I was just going to say, again, on that travel show, they mentioned how a lot of times 
the prison or whoever owns the prison, I guess the city, doesn't let people explore a lot of the prison, only certain areas. And I saw that in the Fear episode. They really only let them go to three places, like Death Row, Cell Block 1, and Cell Block 12. Where on other shows, they have gone to the hospital, which was an incredibly dark, dangerous place. And um, another spot for, like, solitary confinement. So it's it's interesting that Fear would only let them go into certain spaces. And I think because of that, their dares were limited. Interesting. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Since the episode's over, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more about the prison and the fucked upness that is that prison. Yay! <laughs> so there's all kinds of, like, historical ghost stories that go along with this prison. One of the most prolific originated from the prison locksmith. He was trying to remove a lock from a cell during the restoration process. During this, he felt a presence watching him intensely. He looked down the cell block and no one was there. He continued doing his work and the feeling came over him again. As he looked around, he saw a shadowy figure leap across the cell block. I think they had talked about also that he may, once he unlocked it, like other spirits may have been let out and released, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Shadowy figures, anything. I think if, if you know a little bit about like ghost lore and things like that, shadowy figures are kind of like commonplace and not good, right? Pretty common. Yeah. I mean, anytime in the supernatural world, anytime you invoke the word shadow, it is kind <laughs> of like, I'm just like, has like sort of a negative context. Shadow can often mean evil or other. So prisons are going to be riddled with shadow hauntings. Yikes. Another common occurrence in the prison is seeing a figure standing in the guard towers. It is believed that it could be a prison guard who was there before, who passed away, um, and is destined to kind of watch over the halls for the rest of eternity, which is a terrible thing to do if that was your job. Rotten job. Also, possible unpopular opinion coming up. I feel like the people who chose to work in prisons, in my opinion, are kind of more fucked up than even the inmates. Like, these are people who chose to participate in a job that was inherently violent, cruel, torturous. I'm not talking about the gate guys who just needed to make a living. I'm talking about the people who executed violence against these prisoners over and over and over again. So when I hear that there's a guard ghost, I am almost more scared of that than I am of the inmate ghost, for lack of a better word. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We've already talked about sounds that were heard throughout the prison. Footsteps. Anguish whales, like W-A-I-L-S, not (laughs) W-H-A-L-E-S, coming from inside of the cells. In cell block six, shadows have been spotted moving against the walls by many of the staff during their rounds. Cell block 12 has been the site of a disembodied laughter. Hate that. There's one spirit that apparently is in the older part of the prison. Again, he's a shadowy form. He stands perfectly still and is completely unnoticed until you get close and approach it and then he runs away oh I hate that I absolutely hate that (laughs) right dude I would lose my shit I would lose my shit if like 
within arm's length, something just runs in the opposite direction. I'm like, I'm screaming for my life. Also, wouldn't you then also run? It's, it's like if I'm at a train station and I see people running away from the train, I am inherently also going to run away from the train and just assume something bad is happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but yes, yes. We talked about ghost hunters and other shows on sci-fi and discovery, but the group discovered a shadowy figure on the catwalk that like ran across cell block 12. Holy shit. Yeah, and I feel like if it weren't human, you would hear that shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no, it was just like a nice little figure. So the show Porter's Portal to Hell with Jack Osborne, they also caught a shadow on tape. They had like a light source where their camera was recording, and you can definitely see, it's a shadow, but you can definitely see something walking in front and totally blocking out that light source before it moves past. Nope. And that was in cell block 12. Dude. Okay, I'm officially creeped out, so I'm going to try to end it with, like, a nicer ghost tale. Or a nicer ghost tale for you. So, Governor Gifford Pinshaw was elected as governor in Pennsylvania in 1923. He had moved into the governor's mansion with his family, and... He also had a wife who had a cat, and he himself got a dog, a black Labrador, named Pep. Aw. Yes. Governor Pinshaw decided then to send Pep to prison because he was known as a cat murderer. <laughs> I don't mean to allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, he murdered the his wife's beloved cat, so he ended up sending Pep to Eastern State Prison. Now, historically, they think that's not necessarily the case. They think that maybe Pep, when he was in the governor's mansion, chewed up a lot of shit and destroyed a lot of stuff. <laughs> and so they were like, let's get rid of this dog. They had learned a lot that like animals in prisons bring up morale. And so Pep lived in the prison, walked around free will, did whatever you want, and everybody loved Pep. Aww. Pep was a great source there. So Pep's ghost can be seen walking, and you can hear dog throughout the prison. He lived there for six years. He walked around all the time. So Pep's just living it up. I love this story. If I were, God forbid, please don't ever universe. But if I'm ever in Eastern State Penitentiary, I'm invoking the spirit of Pep. <laughs> like, Pep, <laughs> you stay with me this whole time. I love you, Pep. I'll give you, you can murder all the cats you want. You just stay with me and you protect me from these other ghosts. <laughs> Apparently there was also a cat colony that took over the prison once it closed in like the 70s Checks out. and so now they actually have like sculptures of quote-unquote ghost cats <laughs> so it's just like white sculptures of with actual cats that live there placed all throughout the prison which Love is kind of weird but beautiful at the same Love time it. i'm going with the egyptian meaning i'm like these cats are protectors they're keeping us safe i'm celebrating the cats so the prison has been closed since, I believe, like the late 70s. You can look more on the website for EasternStatePenitentiary.org, I believe, and they give you a history of what it's doing now. Um, it's absolutely fantastic work. I'm going to end on one quote from a tour guide named Ben Bookman. He, is quoted by MP- he was quoted by NPR saying, The staff does not like to exploit the prison's darker image. Most people making TV shows come in looking for ghosts. That's not the story we tell. Inmates were real people. These were people's lives. 70,000 people spent time here. We're not going to glorify it, and we're not going to make fun of it. 
And I think that's a really important thing to remember when talking about the prison. Couldn't agree more. Really well said. Really well said. Thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, please send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. That's thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thewaybackrecappod. If you'd like to support the show or listen to bonus content, exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page. Our original cover art is by Laura Strobish. Uh, remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to The Wayback Recap. If you enjoy yourself, please rate and review the show, but if that's too much... We totally get it. Tell a friend. Preferably a responsible friend who will rate and review the show. And join us next time. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of The Wayback Recap, take, take care, care of each, each other, other y'all. y'all.